0: always a pleasure to be here with you guys. And um, my wife and I are just so grateful for all your love and support. And we're really excited to see um, all that God wants to do in this church and and each of us, right? Um, I wanted to uh, share a message with you today that's been in my heart for a number of years. um, And that is uh, rediscover. It's a word, rediscover. And um, we're going to be looking at the book of uh, the Revelation today, which is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, I, it's not too long before I go back and I read the first few chapters of that book, and for me they're so powerful, they're always speaking to me currently, and they're always just right to the heart. Jesus, he doesn't waste any time being around the bush, he goes right for the heart right away, and so often... In my uh, life, that's what I need. I go right to him, and he speaks right to my heart. So um, would you turn with me to uh, Revelation chapter 2, please? And um, we're going to be reading one of Jesus' letters to the church. It's to the church of uh, Ephesus. And when John was on the island of Patmos he was visited by Jesus there and Jesus said take some paper and some some pen some sharpies and write down everything that you hear because the time is coming and one really interesting thing about these letters they're always addressed saying if you have an ear let him hear And that's for us. That's for believers in the church. We have an ear to hear from the Lord, and he's writing these letters to us. And so it's so important for us to be familiar with them. And there is seven of these letters that he sent out to the churches in the area in that time. And the way they were written, um, each church would get to read each church's letter, right? So they didn't get individual ones. They got... Um, all of them, and so just like for us, it's really beneficial for all of us to read these letters, okay? So uh, give me a yee ha if you're there, and all right, and we're going to start, let's have a quick prayer before we read. Lord Jesus, thank you for today, thank you for each person here, God, I ask that um, you would come, Lord, and touch our hearts and speak to us as we read your word, in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so, chapter two, verse one here. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say that they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Wow. Wow, these letters, like I say, they go straight for the heart. There's no beating around the bush, and sometimes they're heavy, but they always end with a promise, with a promise. And so the Lord, he is the great surgeon. He's the great heart surgeon. He'll go in and make some cuts, then he sews his back up with a promise, right? So tonight, and excuse me, this morning, I want to talk about this first love that Jesus is talking about. What is the first love that, that, he, that he says that we've lost here, that this specific church has lost? You know, the Amplified says it like this, but this charge I have against you, that you have left me your first love, you have lost the depth of love that you've had at first for me. You know, that word rediscover, the definition of it is to find something or someone again After losing or forgetting about it, him or her, for a long time. And so we have a church here that has been busy. They've been laboring, but they had stopped doing the things that they have done at first, right? So what is the first love? First of all, I'm not sure where everybody here is at today. I want to just start by saying that there is a God, okay? And because of that, it changes everything, All right, and and it says here that he knows us. Okay, he knows all that we do, he knows everything each of you are going through today. Everything, every detail, he knows everything that you've gone through to bring you here today. He knows it all. Okay, he is the author of life, he is the Alpha and Omega. He knows us. All right, it's beautiful, there's no hiding, and we don't need to. Okay, so the first love. Um, you know I have been able to hang out with this guy in the last few months and he's a new believer he's just come to Christ and it's been so great being around him so inspiring because man he is just some people would say he's on fire for the Lord he's going to every single meeting he can get his hands on and three church services in a week and he's uh, just praying and praying all the time and His Bible looks like it's been to to war and back, you know. He's just got this excitement um, about him, you know, and and such a deep and profound recognition of everything that God has done for him. And he's just, he's like a kid, and I just love being around him because, uh, for one thing, it's very humbling. It's saying, man, man, wow, I never want to lose that. I never want to not be like that, no matter how long I've been going to church, no matter you know, how much I think that I've grown in the Lord. I never want to lose that excitement, that passion, right? It's such a beautiful thing, and it overflows, you know? He's just like, he's out there in public, and he's tripping over people telling them, Jesus loves you, man, and, and all this stuff, right? He's just like, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's a, a picture of what the Lord's talking about here. Um, I remember when I met my, uh, well, my, my wife, she was like that. And uh, before we were dating, she inspired me so much. I thought, man, this girl's amazing. She's just on fire for the Lord. And um, I remember I was going to her family's house for the first time to meet them. And uh, we drove there, When we pulled in front of the house. And I was about to get out, and I looked over, and she was praying. And I was like, what are you doing? And she said, I'm praying, and you should too. And I thought, oh boy, okay." (laughs) So again, you know. Humbling, humbling stuff. Um, You know, for what it's worth, before I started dating my wife, um, I was listening to a message. And, um, you know, it was a big decision. And the message said, young people, if you're looking for somebody to marry, marry somebody who's following after God as much as you are. Okay? And for me, that was like a ding dong, um, which I needed because I was pretty thick. And, um, you know what, it... I, I really made a move on that, and that has paid off over and over and over again. So, young people, if you're here, take the advice that I took. Marry somebody who is following after Christ even more than you are, and it will pay off over and over again. And you know what? For those of us um, who are, are married here and that wasn't the case, there's, there's a good news, okay? And the good news is that this first love, it never expires, it never expires. You know that? And so um, the, we can still discover it. We can still live in it. And, um, you know, do you remember what it was like when you first started dating? When you had the butterflies, right? Who here is still feeling butterflies with their wives, right? Be careful. <laughs> it's like three. All right. We're having a retreat soon. Yep, let's do that. All right. You know what? And uh, I remember it's like the, no, you hang up no you hang up and then your mom picks up and says somebody hang up you know and that never happened to me specifically but you know there's an excitement there you know there's a there's a passion there to to be together right and that's what this first love is is talking about you know and there's so much we can relate in this to our spouses to our wives because as we know in the bible that we are the bride of christ it says and if that sounds foreign to you, it's a good place to be because, man, that's the journey in this, in this walk with Jesus. I tell you, the more that I seek God and get to know him, I just appreciate him so much more. The, the love I have for him grows. The more excited I am to meet him one day when he comes back to this earth, it's a, a passion. It's, it's a special relationship. It's a covenant relationship we have with the Lord And um, there's something else that comes along with this, and the Bible talks about it's a fullness of joy, okay? Who here can say, you know what, I have a fullness of joy in my life. You know, it's Christmas time, I love Christmas, and I I think Christmas is a difficult time. You know, we miss loved ones, We, we often reminisce of heartache and stuff. And um, I tell you, without the Lord, I would never have that fullness of joy in this life, you know. And I don't know where else in the world you can find the fullness of joy. I tried this week by going to Costco. That's usually my fullness of joy place, except when I pay. And you know what? Nobody there really looked too happy, <laughs> you know. it wasn't a lot of fullness of joy in Costco. You know, it's only with the Lord in this first love now, we experience the fullness of joy. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a holy love. It's a pure love. It's an adoration. It's, a, it's an affection. It's beautiful. Um, A.W. Tozer, he said, um, to have found him and still be looking for him is the soul's paradox of love. And that means that, you know, we have found him, so why keep looking, right? Well, it's because we love him. That's why. And there's more to discover. There's more to find out. If, if you know, there, there's so often we are just at the tip of the iceberg, which is our relationship with Jesus. We will never get to the total depths of a relationship with him on this side of eternity. And there is so much more to rediscover and discover in this book and in a relationship with him. You know, David he was a beautiful example in the Bible of somebody who um, had just a, a, a really strong love for the Lord. And I have a couple of verses here in Psalms 84 verse 2. He says that my soul longs for you. It even faints for the courts of my Lord. I just want to be with you. He's saying my heart and my flesh cry out. For the living God, you know, I think a bit of time went by and he didn't have that the presence with the Lord. And he was just yearning to be with God, to be with him, to feel his his presence and to hear his his voice and his word. In Psalm 42, verse one, it says, as the deer pants for the flowing streams. So I long for you, God, you know, I'm sure we all live very busy lives and it's easy for Time and days to go by where we don't spend any time with the Lord. You know, maybe it's longer. You know, I've been there and I just, I feel like this deer. I'm just like, I need, I need a drink. I need that flowing stream, God, to be with you. To really quench my soul because nothing in the world is going to do it like having time with God. And Psalm 34, verse 8 says, "'Taste and see that the Lord is good.'" And blessed is the man who trusts in him. You know, when we take time with the Lord, when we pursue him and he will move in our lives and in our hearts and we see him in our our lives and we taste and see his goodness, you know, and we trust in him. And we say, God, I just want to walk with you. I just want to live for you. It's a beautiful thing. The first love. So number two is, how do we lose our first love? How do these people lose it, right? Well, let's look at the scripture in Revelation. It said, you know, that the people were very busy. They were doing a lot of great things. He says, I know all that you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance, Right. And, and then he said, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me at first, right? So this was a beautiful people. It was the church, you know, and they were busy doing great things, I'm sure. But God said, you know what? It's not just all the things I want you to do. It's I want you. I want your time. I want your devotion. Right. And so that's one of the ways that we lose our first love is is through time. OK, time goes by. I heard this story about a man and a woman. They got married before the war and the man got shipped out for battle and the woman stayed and they were writing each other every day. They were so in love and they were writing each other back and forth. And pretty soon the woman, she started only writing every week and every month. And the man, he kept writing every day. said, my dear, my dear, has, my, has your love for me grown cold? You know, Have you got caught up in another lifestyle, another affection? And, and her love for her, for her groom had, had faded away. And the same can happen to us, right? The time goes by, and it adds up and adds up. And, and that love grows cold, right? I watched a video on uh, YouTube lately of... This fella, and it was um, the best night routine, right? So I was checking it out, and at the beginning of the video was a man with his wife and kids. and his video at night, he'd, put it, he'd spend time with his kids, and then he'd put them to bed, and then he'd play his guitar, and then he brushed his teeth, and then he read and went to bed. <laughs> and I said, "What about your wife? You're not spending any time with your wife?" And I thought, man, the next video, you're going to be without a wife, if you're not careful, right? <laughs> And, and it's so important. How, how much do we know that it's so important to spend time with our spouses? You know, it is, That's where the relationship really takes hold, right? When we spend that special time together just talking and chatting and being together, right? So another way is that our interests, we get drawn away. We get drawn away by the things of this world. And um, there's a verse in Matthew about that, right? When the seed gets planted, gets choked out, the weeds come up and it's choked out. And man, that's so easy for us to have happen, right? Our schedules fill up. We're so busy. We have so many things to do. We're busy at work. And, and man, we just don't have the time. So I don't know about if you guys can relate, but why is it that reading the Bible sometimes is the hardest thing we can do in our life? Like, you really got to fight for it. You really do. We got to be a people who, said, who say, you know what? I'm out for losing sleep. I'm going to lose an hour of sleep just to spend time with the Lord. We got we to fight for it, right? We get, we get tired. We get comfortable. We get complacent. It's just part of our human nature, right? We're, we're prone to wander, right? And um, so a, another way um, that we lose our first love is that we've gotten into sin, We've allowed sin to grow in our life. And that compromises us. It compromises our faith and our love for the Lord. Um, there's a verse in Matthew 24, verse 12. Jesus here, he's speaking of the end times, what the world's going to be like in the end times. And he says, Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. I'm talking about the people, that when sin grows rampant, that people lose love for each other and definitely a love for the Lord. And we are seeing that in our world, aren't we? We're seeing crime on the increase like in unprecedented levels because sin is rampant in our generation like never ever before. And, it's, and there's another translation that says when sin is multiplied because of the multiplication of wickedness. Well, We live in a generation where wickedness is multiplying. You don't have to look very far to see that. And the love of many, they grow cold. And, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a danger here, and there's a strong warning here. And Jesus, he refers to a group called the Nicolaitans, okay? He says... You know, when God says hate, man, I pay attention, and he hated this group. They were a sect, and they were known for their acknowledgement of being Christian, and they were also known for their relentless sin, their unrestrained sin. And they were a group who said they were for Jesus and also for sin. Anything goes over here And as I was, you know, reading through this, please turn with me to um, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We're not going to put it up on the board, but you go after the Gospels and after Acts. We'll meet you there. So Romans chapter 1, verse 18. As we read this, Try to think of where we're at in the world. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power, and his divine nature, they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their mind became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, They worshiped idols to look like mere people and birds, animals and reptiles. And look at this. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. You know... You don't have to look very far in this evil day to see this type of stuff happening all over our country even, not to mention all over the world. An old US senator, he said, the first casualty of war is always the truth. And my friends, we are in a war on truth. And the truth about sin is that it's a killer. There is absolutely no best us A future best us in existence with Jesus with the pursuit of sin or habitual sin can coexist. Um, They simply and profoundly cannot. One will decay and the other um, will, will live. And it's so important for us to take sin seriously in our life. To not just wink and nudge at it, but know that sin is what has wreaked havoc in this world. And an old preacher, he said, we can never be sinless on this side of eternity, but we can sin less. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can walk in victory with sin in our generation. Um, so number three, my personal favorite is how do we discover or rediscover our first love? Man, it's just the best, right? And, you know, sometimes this can be a lesson to us who are, who are married, you know, um, Man, sometimes I just sit back and I'm so thankful for my wife. And she's not here, so I'm not trying to get brownie points. Here she is. But, you know, sometimes life can be hard and I'm thinking, oh, man, right? But so many days I'm like, wow, I'm so thankful for my wife. And for us in the Lord, you know, when we come to the realization sometimes that, man, it's been so long since I spent time with God it's been, so I've been to church, I've been reading my Bible, you know, and, and, and I think it's okay to come to a point and say, man, I, I need to get back with the Lord, you know, I need to rediscover that first love, right? And the same with, with um, our spouses, our, our husbands and wives. You know what we do to get back to, to do, um, excuse me, you know what we do to get back with that first love? We do the things we did at first, what are the things that you did with your spouse or significant other when you first met? Man, you spent so much time together. You went everywhere with each other. You know, it was just like, you were all about that. And for all of us, we gotta get back to, you know, um, doing the things we did at first. Even with your spouse, you know, if you call them this week, you know, you probably blow them out their socks if you said, hey, I was thinking about you, I miss you, how are you? Right, we, we go back to doing those things Um, We did at first And so how do we rediscover our first love It says remember therefore From where you have fallen Repent go back And do the first works Do the things you did at the beginning Um, The amplified version says So remember the heights From which you have fallen and repent Change your inner self Your old way of thinking Your sinful behavior Seek God's will and do the things you did at first When you first knew me Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand, the church, from its place. And that means that he will remove our impact, okay? He will remove the church's impact in the community around him. And when he says, when you repent, you know, repent is a Greek word. It means to think differently. It means to reconsider. It means to change your mind and to think, you know what, Man, God is amazing. I really want to get back to knowing him, to seeking him. Um, I know that my family needs him. I don't want to lose my impact in my community and in my family in these crazy days. I want to get back with the Lord and see him move mightily in um, my life. And, you know, and we got to remember and change our mind about it. And, you know, a little bit of brokenness is not a bad place to start. When we think about it, you know, it's just like it sets us up. You know, we, we think, oh, man, in terms of the Lord, we think, we, we think, wow, look how, excuse me, look how far I have fallen. Wow, look how far, God, look how far away you are and, uh, and how far away I feel like I've been, Lord. God is always so gracious and willing to always take us and, 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 and receive us, but it, for us, when we think, man, you know, it's just a little bit of brokenness. It, it reminds us of our sinful nature, of our fallen state. It reminds us of our need for a Savior, right? Um, Grace, it doesn't seem so amazing until you realize your own wretchedness, right? And there was a point in my life where I realized my own wretchedness, and I thought, wow, I do need a Savior. I can't keep going on the way I'm doing, just living for myself, and, and I love it. Just amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. <clears throat> I was blind, but now I see. It's something that is so personal to us. And, um, you know, we got all these Kleenex boxes, but not one up here. That's great. But <clears throat> it's, it's something that becomes so personal to us. And that is where that love really gets established. Right, um, if you're sitting here today, and you're thinking, "I don't know about all this. Sounds kind of negative, right?" I'm more into positive vibes these days. Um, you know, I work hard for a living. I'm not a criminal, right? And that may be true by society's standard, but thank goodness that there is a God whose standard is higher than this society's standard. Right? The Lord's standard is much, much different. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways, says the Lord, right? God, he looks towards the inward man, judging thoughts and motives, right? And all have gone astray like sheep without a shepherd. So just like our time apart can make our love grow cold, um, our time together rekindles the flame of you know our love. And there's a song I love right now. It's called Make Room. And it says, I will make room for you. And I will break down the, um, the ground around all my traditions. I will break down the walls of all my religion because your way is better. I will make room. I will make room. And it's just a beautiful song saying, you know what? There's so much in here that I just need to make room for you, Lord, to come in and have your way um, in my life. And I um, Another way we do that is, man, this book. This book is not a book, right? It has chapter and verses, but it is not a book. This thing is alive. It is alive, okay? We have a verse in Hebrews 4.12 up on the board here, and it talks about exactly what this, this book does. It says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inner thoughts and desires. Some people have said, when you read the Bible, man, it's really reading you. You know, there's something that goes on when, when we're spending time in this book. And for me, I feel like when we get into this book, we turn into raw clay. And God, he puts us up like the master on the spinning wheel. And as we read this book, he's shaping us, and he's molding us, and he's creating um, a masterpiece out of us. And the more time we spend in there, the more time he's able to shape and mold us and turning into something beautiful, right? Ephesians 2.10 says this, says that, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. There's a couple individuals who I've grown to love over the years, and they have some amazing quotes of the Bible here. I'd love us to, uh, to check out together. So this gentleman, a man named John Stott, he says, we must allow the word of God to confront us, to disturb our security and undermine our complacency and to overthrow our patterns of thought, and behavior next up we have uh, David Jeremiah he says if your mind is filled with the Word of God then it can't be filled with impure thoughts you know the the older I get the more sensitive I seem to get about what I put inside of my mind the more things there is just so much garbage out there everywhere we look and my mom always said garbage in garbage out right and it's so true. We have to be so careful what we are reading, listening to, watching. We have to be so careful about that because it will influence us, right? And so and on the positive end, the more time we're spending reading God's word, listening to sermons, putting good things in, the more we'll be filled up with truth and goodness and all godly things. Next up, we've got... Dr. J Vernon McGee. Anybody know this fella? Here, yep. <laughs> so he started the Bible Bus in 1967 and is still being played in over 100 countries today. He said the great sin of the average Christian is the ignorance of the word of God. My friends and brothers and sisters here, we don't want to be these people. We do not want to be a people who are ignorant of the word of God. We cannot afford in this day and age to be ignorant of the word of God. This is our manual for life. This is our basic instructions before leaving earth. This is everything. This is our bread. And we need to be eating it on the daily, okay? Next up, we've got this uh, young fella. His name is Hudson Taylor. And uh, many of you might not know him, but he read the Bible and he thought, you know what, I'm gonna go to China and I'm gonna tell them about Jesus. And he got on a boat, went to China with not a dime in his pocket He ended up building over 100 schools and uh, ministering to over 120,000 kids there. And um, if you go to Shanghai, China today, you will see a monument of this fella here. And it said, um, do not have your concert first and then tune your instrument afterwards. Begin the day with the word of God and prayer and get first of all into harmony with him. Right. So it's so important to start our day just with with the Lord, right? To tune our instruments before the concert begins. Right? So often, you know, we, we we just simply don't. Next up here, we've got one of my favorite fellas here, Charles Spurgeon. He said, if we want revivals, we must revive our reverence for the Word of God. You know, I heard somebody say lately about how we don't have um, the Bible in schools anymore. That's obviously a concerning issue. But somebody said, you know, I want to see the Bible back in the home before I see it back in the school. And, and if we want to see amazing things happen in our family, in our community, we have to be a people who start to revere God's word and get it in our lives. Is that it? I think there's one more. Oh, that's it. Okay, very good. So in finishing, my friends, there is so much to discover and rediscover in God's word. There is so much for us here. So many incredible things um, will happen in your life and those you love. And we we finish here with with a beautiful promise, right? God says, I will give fruit from you in the tree of life in the paradise of God, it says in finishing that, that portion of scripture. Man, we uh, are living for a kingdom to come, right? We're not living for this world. We always need to be reminded of that. We are just passing through. We are sojourners here. We are not citizens here. Our citizenship is in heaven. The day we gave our life to the Lord, our names were written there, and we are now living for that kingdom, okay? Um, That's who we are. That's our identity in Christ and it's a beautiful thing. And there's so much to discover um, about our first love and continuing just to walk in that. You know, my wife, she asked me this morning, she says, what happens when, when you find it? Is that it? No, that's just the beginning. You walk in that every day of your life and it grows and grows and overflows. And that's what the Lord has for us. So I just want to finish with the question. we finish in with questions. Usually I... I overlook them, but I don't want to overlook this question uh, tonight. It's just or today. It's just one question, and it's it's what's what's stopping us? You know what's holding us back from really taking hold of this? You know, I think a lot of times it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost as our comforts, right? Uh, at our time, we have to make time. But, man, I tell you, we want to be a people to make time for this, for the Lord, to cultivate this first love. You know, the motivation for for some of this, sure, is is death. Yep. David said, you know, when he passed away, he said, I go the way of all the world. Right. And and one day we will all do the same. We're going to go the way of all the world. Right. Another aspect of that is we don't know when that's going to be. None of us are promised tomorrow. None of us know when our appointed time will come, right? And another big thing is we don't know what's around the corner. You never know what you're going to wake up to tomorrow, whether it's happening in the world or in your life. I've been there more than one time when I've gotten a phone call that has changed my life forever. And I'll tell you, you don't want to be left scrambling when that happens, okay? You never know what kind of headline anymore we're going to wake up to in the world and know what's going on, right? And how it's going to affect us and affect our lives anymore. But let me tell you something. If, if what the Bible says is true, this is just the beginning. But we, excuse me. We represent an unshakable kingdom, a kingdom that will never be shaken or moved, built on a rock. That is Jesus Christ himself. Right. And Jesus said to Peter on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's us. We will be unmovable in Christ. And so I'd encourage you today. Don't let anything hold you back. Make the time. Listen to worship. Take time to really worship him at home. Get into this book. Let God have your way in his life. God is looking for, for faithful people. He's looking to build up and raise up a people who are going to be this unshakable kingdom in these days. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are a good shepherd, Lord. God, we acknowledge that all of us have gone astray, and none is righteous, Lord, not even one. We thank you, Jesus, for the work that you did on the cross, Lord, so that we um, will have your righteousness, God. Thank you that you loved us, that you saved us, God. And I thank you for each heart here, Lord Jesus, that you would touch each heart, God, that they would leave here with a hunger for your word, a hunger for you, God. And um, would you be with each of us as we enter into our work week, God, and we continue to have your way in our life, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.